and welcome to the journey it is friday we are back uh, it's awesome to be here and uh, to have all you guys with us we thank you so much for everyone who's been tuning in over the last like what 32 weeks or yep. something yep um, we've been on here now live for 32 episodes or so and um, just pressing in and releasing revelation and also following flow when it comes and and really just um, trying to be faithful with what God gives um, if you guys have been touched let us know you know there's a comment bar you can interact with us um, we try to to maintain that as well as do what we feel led to do here and we just appreciate all of you um, also just to let you know you can get the journey in many different ways um, if you're a podcaster and you just want to listen to it while you work out or something, that's awesome. You can get it on uh, uh, Spotify, Podomatic, um, all the major podcasting platforms. Also, you can go to YouTube and watch past episodes there. So, yeah. Yeah. And if you want to be a part of what we're doing here and other things that we're doing as a, a body here in Stratford, Ontario, Canada, you guys can go to www.hcm-stratford.org. There's a donate button there. You can be a part of what we do. This is just one phase. There's lots of things that we do here. Uh, there's lots of things that are taking place, things that are coming um, to fruition, things that are just opening up that we're going to be stepping into. So just encourage you guys, if you feel led, be a part of what we do here. Help us to do it. So welcome to the journey. Make sure you guys share. Just like a me. <laughs> just like John. Mm -hmm. Always sharing the broadcast. There you go. You always take the first few minutes just to share it and get it out there and and really just, um, whew, yeah, just so that people who need it will find it. That's really what we're doing is just laying the fishing line. And and the one thing that I love um, that you say and, and other people that we know say is, you know, you're powerful enough to disagree. This yes. is This should be something that awakens you not something that um harms you you know like you yeah. can always just not agree you know we're not here to shatter anybody <laughs> we're we're just bringing the truth that god's yeah. shown us um, we're not starting a new denomination no and and, and really we just want to know more of who the father is that's the whole goal the whole goal is really to uh know the father and apply Come on. what jesus came to tell us I mean, what he came to give us and what he came to tell us, salvation being the very beginning of the journey, right? Yeah. The very beginning of planting a seed, Christ in me, the goal of me and Christ, union. Come on. So there's a journey to that. Set well, me free to bring me to freedom. And as you look at the different parts of a, of, of, of like a walk, mm -hmm. like even the, the forgiveness of sin, being able yes. to process and realize that, yes, I am forgiven. Yes, I have past, present, and future is washed by the blood of Jesus, yeah. that I actually don't have to carry these things into eternity, that I can leave them here and like throw them in the sea of forgetfulness like the Father yeah. and be actually transformed into who I am, or un, I don't, unveiled yes. would be a better word, yeah. Yeah. unveiled into who I am. Like those little steps sometimes mm. um, we don't always talk about, but they're so important because we need to be... Um, free yeah that's that's he came for freedom so if i'm living under the weight of guilt and shame and condemnation i need to get free of that before i start trying to to go on because that's a very important place with christ is walking it's through the those. whole beginning isn't it yeah it's it's there's it a says, depth there for 
For God so loved the world, come on, agape, the cosmos, <laughs> that he gave his son. So we first have to find the love of God, and, and that's in seed form till we get to agape, uh -oh. right? Come on. Which is, I'll talk a little bit about later. <laughs> um, but the whole thing is, is um, when you finally see yeah. that God has always loved you, when I say you, I mean everybody, me, yes. everybody listening. God has always loved us because he never loved us because of what we are doing or can do. He loves us because of who we are, because that's who he created us to be. Who we are is who he sees. Yeah. Not, I, you know, there's this statement I used to hear years ago, and I always kind of thought, wow, it's kind of cool. And that was that there were some of the Catholics would go out and they'd minister to people, the lost, but they ministered to the, to the Christ in them, to Jesus in them. Yeah. And I always used to think, that makes no sense to me. But then the more I've grown, I begin to understand that what that is. It's be able to see what God sees. In Isaiah 11, it says, Jesus does not judge by what he sees with his eyes or hears with his ears, but only righteous judgment. Right standing Come is on. what righteous means. And so, so he is looking through the eyes of the mm. Father, Whoa. not by what he sees with his physical eyes, Come because on. our physical eyes will always deceive us, because we will always judge by appearance. So good. Not by what's in the heart of the individual. And how do I know what kind of life they've had yeah what have they had to have been endured to get them to the place of being where they are no matter how dark it appears yeah yet god knows that that is not his creation that is somebody that's fallen and blind yeah and the blindness is the sum of your experiences yes and the truth is what god made you and i was that's um, it just probably about two weeks ago, mm -hmm. I was here in the morning getting things ready, and uh, he brought me back to a verse that really rocked me um, <clears throat> when I had my encounter with the Lord spoke to me and called me son. Yeah. Whereas this is um, the amplified version. It says, a broken reed he will not break off, and a dimly burning wick he will not extinguish. He will not harm those who are weak and suffering. He will faithfully bring forth justice. Yeah. And it's like, that's Old Testament. Yeah. And here's God looking at people who are going through stuff. Maybe it's me, maybe it's you, whoever it is. Mm -hmm. He And he doesn't come to put us out, but comes to bring life. So what's the justice, or what is the wrath, what we call the wrath of God, bro brothers, coming? Mm. Wrath isn't against the individual. It's against everything that is holding him back that's a lie from walking into the love of God. So the wrath is against what is holding him in prison. The justice yeah. is, again, against those things that are injustice that are preventing him from being who he really is. That's wild. That, we, it's, a whole, it's a whole different way of seeing. So when I read the Old Testament, am I looking through legalism? Or the if my perception father. is regal, legalism, <laughs> right? Yeah. I'm going to see an angry God. Yeah. And I'm going to see um, him wanting to bring, uh, you know, 
kill them all right <laughs> yeah i'm not going to see jesus yeah but i'm going to see this legalism and an angry god and a judicial god someone that is waiting to weigh your balance and bring judgment against you and you know what it's our perception that's wrong not yeah. the old testament for sure because and jesus is back there don't we say that all the prophecies everything in there reveals jesus so if it reveals jesus and he says yeah. he says that when you see me to philip you've seen the father yeah and he's the one that says the lady at the well neither do i condemn thee whoa who's this this is the father neither do i condemn thee go your way sin no more why lest a worse thing come upon you because you're opening doors that bring things against you yeah. if god is not and Christ hadn't yet been crucified, by the way. Which is really wild. And that's why, like, some of the time I think that we have to understand that the person going through the situation who verbally spoke the story mm -hmm. to someone who then wrote it down, yes. right? Yeah. So they're telling the, their encounter with God yeah. from, from what they walk through. And their perception of it right exactly and so like the lord spoke to me about because like even sodom and gomorrah like mm -hmm. the wages of sin is death so did god judge them or did they bring death upon themselves right it's never changed the law brings death so they didn't obey the law and death came like it wasn't it wasn't like god was like oh i don't like you i'm judging you it's like no you you knew the fruit of this now it's come and then he makes a way yeah. out the entire city could have left yeah that doesn't sound like an angry god no he said, just don't let them look back. Like, okay, deal. Get them all out. Our perception is even Jesus comes and God the Father kills his son on the cross so I can go free. Right? Yeah. And he's judgmental and angry. Right? So he's angry and he deals with this stuff. And then um, we get to go free because of that. But... Be careful, keep a short leash, repent every five minutes, because if you sin, you get thrown in hell and burn forever in eternity. Forever and ever and ever. What kind of a God is that? That is not Jesus Christ, and that is not yad heh vav -he. Well, it doesn't even sound like the Jesus who says, I'm not here to judge you. I did not come to judge you. In fact, there's another scripture that says the Father hasn't. So it's like you got to see that that gospel is not the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's no. not it. Because Paul the Apostle comes, he carries that kind of legalistic gospel, and he sees the light, and then he is goes out in the desert, like I said, for like 13, 14 yeah, years. Something. And in that time, what happens? He's deconstructed of religion and yeah. legalism, and he comes out with the gospel of the good news from Yeshua himself, yeah. who gives it to him. And so now that gospel, the Pauline gospel, yeah. is the gospel that's, in Galatians, it says, he comes to them and goes, who, what kind of witchcraft, I'm paraphrasing because he says, who's bewitched you? What kind of witchcraft is taking control of you that you're now trying to perfect in your own abilities and own strength 
by your own works. Yeah. That which began by the Spirit that you had nothing to do with. It was grace. I carry a gospel, the gospel of Christ, which is the gospel of grace. Yeah. Grace is Christ in me. It's not you. You can't do this, right? Yeah. So if we see that, we recognize two gospels because Paul says it's 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 uh, another gospel, and then he goes, "Well, it's not really another gospel." So it's it looks similar, mm. except the difference is one kills, the letter kills, the spirit brings life. Yes. So which gospel do we want? Come on. In the Western world, we've embraced a gospel that kills, and, and we're looking for this mad, crazy God in the sky, the sky God, I would say it anyway, <laughs> that's going to come and deal with this stuff. When Jesus came to say, hey, Where's the kingdom? It's within you. And that's what blows me away. Is here's Christ pre-cross, yeah. constantly telling people they're already there. Yeah. The kingdom of God is within you. The kingdom of God is at hand. Uh, the, now, how Father, did it get in them if, if Jesus hadn't died to make a way for it to go in yet? I know, and mm-hmm. this is why the Lamb was slain before the foundations of the world. Yeah. And Christ came to put an end for our need for blood. Yeah our need for blood like like if it, i want just it's the blood of abel right if it was just about forgiveness we would have kept just killing goats well we we see the two right you got the blood of abel crying out from the ground for justice yeah and you got the blood of christ on calvary going father forgive them they know not what they're doing yeah which one do we want i look in the west and i see the blood of abel screaming all over the place well, and, and we're we're looking at physical um, things, mm. and this is this is the crazy thing I realized probably like yesterday, is once you see in the spirit, your entire perception is different than the minute before. Absolutely, and not because you attain some great thing and now you're a level twenty eight wizard, no. but because mm. you have now seen the the weight that the eternal realm carries far outweighs that of the carnal realm. The carnal, it's like there's verses in the Bible that are really powerful where it says, like, flesh is flesh and spirit is spirit. Yeah. Nobody really listens to those verses. They don't flesh get it. Flesh cannot inherit the kingdom. Yeah, like, it's like carnality Carnality will not be able to cross over. No. And Jesus, he didn't just come to, to birth a new covenant, but he also came to fulfill an old. Yeah. He came to end the and But the crazy thing is when you look back, God walks through the blood by himself. Yeah. Why? Because Abraham could never keep the promise he was about to make, and God he knew it. He put him it. to sleep. And so the same with Jesus. Jesus mm-hmm. goes and what he inserts us into himself so that he could keep the, the promise that we could never keep. Right. Like it's, it says it in Ephesians, and, and Ephesians is supposedly Paul's last letter. Mm. And when he gets to Ephesians, he's no longer even talking about the things he used to talk about. Right. He's saying now God sees you with an unstained innocence. You've been wrapped into Christ. He's, he's already like, he's like. So what he's done is he's probably teaching progressively to them. Exactly. Right. And you can see the progression mm-hmm. of the fullness of grace, right? Mm-hmm. And and he shows it in the love chapter where he's like, even if I know the mysteries of heaven without the person or the if I have not love exactly, I'm just noise. Like he's mm-hmm. trying to show us that it's all about our union with Christ, 
and then that union being displayed in, or in unveiled. the agape. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and actually taking effect around us, not out of our own ability or no. desires, no. but out of the good works he's already laid out before us. They're already there. That's why it's a high calling in Christ. It's wild. High calling is from carnality to the spirit, right? Yeah. And the things of the spirit don't, don't make sense to a carnal mind. That's so, why for so long it's like he's almost mm. speaking in riddles. Yeah, the the scripture I said this last week is uh, multidimensional. God is multidimensional. What's that mean? He's speaking to people on all different uh, perceptions. Yeah, out of one book. So it's like you're reading Woo. a scripture one way, and it's the way you see it, like the Old Testament, like I spoke about. So you see it that way, and then all of a sudden he shines the light on a different angle of it. And you go, oh my gosh, I didn't see that. Because how many times did we read Ephesians in the past and didn't see that? Yeah, no, I'd, right? I had never seen it before in no. my life. See, but you read it, you just didn't see. Yeah. So that's an, a, a whole different multi-dimension, do you see? And, and this is what God does. And what woke that up to Yes. Me. So it's all progressive yeah. until we come into the fullness of union and understand this thing. It's wild. So there's a couple of ways the Scripture talks about uh reading the word and what we should be what should be our stance of reading the scriptures well one is we can have a critical spirit that's a pharisaical spirit that when it's reading you're reading the scriptures you're reading to find out what's wrong or you're even gathering information in order to reveal what's wrong around you yeah what's wrong in your life brother i can help you out yeah. right so yeah. that's a pharisaical spirit and it's critical and we've all been guilty of this at some point in some time right so it's like this is the way we it says the letter kills so what i'm doing is i'm going around i'm chopping heads <laughs> with the scripture but um those that live by the sword die by the sword and so look out, because guess what? You're going to be judging yourself in the way you judge others. Come on. And so the other way is this, a Berean. Now, a Berean, when he reads the scriptures, he's reading them with an optimism to know the truth. I want to know more. So he's not even conscious or aware of what's wrong. He wants to know what's right. Mm, that's good. The way that God the Father looks at us. He's... Uh, he's reading the scripture to uncover who he is. Yes. Not to define who he's not. Exactly. Ooh. Or God, who God is. Yeah, yeah. Not who God, what God's not, or what he, you know, is against with us. That's wild. And so, I just want to encourage people when we're doing the journey. I mean, what we're doing here is uh, I encourage you to be Bereans because there's times where we're going to say things. Some might offend you. Some might make you um, upset. Some might confuse you. But if you're a Berean, if your desire is to know the Father, yeah, and to be known by the Father, to fall in love with Him, then um, He who began a good work can clean up anything that's not exactly the way it's supposed to be. But He will quicken to you, to your spirit, what is true. And that's what we're looking for. We're looking for the quickening of the Holy Spirit, just like the last few weeks we've been doing communion. We'll do yeah. some more tonight, starting now. We will drink the wine, yeah. drink his blood, eat his flesh, right? The manna. 
and we'll walk into this stuff. So I just want to encourage people to be, if you're open-minded, like a Berean, then some of these things will begin to expand your horizon and cause you to ask questions about things you've known. God told me, hold your theology loosely in your hand, John. I just might have something to show you about it. Meaning, don't close your mind off. That's called pride. Don't close yourself off. This is what it says. Because seriously, I'm, I'm a man. And I'm saying this is who God is. No, sorry. I don't care who you are. It's like God, I'll tell you what, if that's true, then I want to see that your whole city is filled with light and people are coming to Christ. That's my goal is that we pursue God until the cloud of his Shekinah glory rests over the whole city and people start coming into the kingdom. That's evangelism to me, mm-hmm. right? It's not got nothing to do with me. No. Somebody's got to go like uh, uh, one of the 12 spies. Somebody's got to go up the mountain like Moses. Somebody has to say, I want to know you intimately, and if it means, Lord, you got to deconstruct me, because except the Lord build the house, the laborers labor in vanity, yeah, vainly. We want light, Come Jesus. On. And the beautiful thing here is, in John, it says that that um, Jesus, it says that uh, in Him was the life, and the life. So the life of Christ, which is what we need, which is a uh, Zoe, which is that uh, incorruptible, indestructible life. Mm. It's a life that doesn't die. It's eternal. Jesus said, nobody takes my life. I lay it down. Nobody could have killed Jesus. Doesn't matter who you are, what you are. Because he's life itself. How do you kill life? You can't. So that's what he did. He laid it down to pick it up again. He's the one that did this. And then it says, are you ready? The life coming into us as a seed is what? The light of man. Mm. What's that mean? It means the latter. It means glory to glory. It means the unveiling of who you really are, who the Father, the creator of the universe, who's my dad, is and why I'm here and that incorruptible seed that mortality puts on immortality death is swallowed up in life that is the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ that's why he came not just to save me and rescue me and take me off into the clouds like some Greek mythology but he's come here what to make us heaven on earth as it is in In heaven. heaven He didn't That's just say right. it for no reason. That's and right. It, I, I remember this guy I met um, in Windsor. He was a songwriter from England. Been all over the world traveling and writing songs and stuff. And he, he had this song about meeting Jesus in an old bar yeah. in, like, Mexico. And there was this one line. He said, you can either be on the cross or the one banging the nails. Yeah. Either you're laying your life down or you're the one taking life. And it's like, that's really what Jesus was trying to show us was every second of your life, Mm -hmm. you have a choice. Yes. And you can choose to give love and life away, or you can choose to hoard it for yourself. That's where the the self 
ego yeah or the unconditional love and when you encounter the spirit realm yeah which is the realm of love the eternal realm of god your home all of a sudden you realize that those things you were clinging to aren't so important right it's like all those people who have near-death experiences who come back they're mm. not trying to get more money no they're not trying to like they they have a shift in life where they realize all these things i was doing mm. were distractions <coughs> to the love that was all around me and you hear it over and over yeah, and over i had to again. die to learn to live yeah and so it's like and even some people they they don't even ever live until they find out they're gonna die yeah that's what i mean and then all yeah. of a sudden like that one song uh i forget who it was by but it's like you know i went skydiving rocky mountain climbing you yeah. know like yeah did everything he right. went bull riding man because yeah, he yeah. only had a little while left that's right. you know and it's like well and that's the thing is like um i remember the one day i was just spending time with the lord and he spoke to me he said Corey, you could really follow me with just two choices mm. Is it selfish or selfless? That's it. Just every situation. Just look at it. Be like, is this just for me? Hmm. Like, am I taking or am I giving? And if I give, I'll receive. Yeah. And so it's like that's what Jesus was trying to show us was there's a higher way yeah. of living. And that's why he looks out at the guys who just nailed him to the cross. He looks out. He sees me. He sees you. He sees everything. Hmm. And he says, forgive them. They know not what they do. Yeah. They don't even have a clue. They're, they don't, they Why? don't understand. Because they're blind as a bat in carnality. <laughs> as a bat. That's funny. Uh, we had friends last night who had a bat in their house. Oh, really? You didn't even know that yet. Was he blind? <laughs> I don't know. I don't <laughs> even know if they got it out. Oh. <laughs> Should probably check. <laughs> so I want to wanted to start this Whoa. by talking. Uh, I, I spoke about this one thing before but I want to start up here because I think this is so so important that we understand this because it helps shatter our carnality our perception of things right yeah and that sorry. is uh, we must realize there's nothing real about a word mm. words don't really exist now what do I mean by that a word is always a symbolic representation of an imagined picture we always talk in pictures every one of us think in pictures all the time and then we reiterate we reiterate that picture right when we choose the specific words we have actually made a series of judgments now that's pretty wild because what it means is we've now uh, judged a situation in our perception of something, and then we deliver the words concerning that situation. We select words based on our own personal experience. That's crazy, because somebody can say something in, in a room full of people, and there can be 10 different people, let's say, hearing 10 different messages. Yeah. Why? Because they're going to paint a picture in their mind. That's what words do. As I'm talking, uh, that's what you're doing. You're framing what I'm saying. So, based on your life experience or the programming you've had through school, through your parents, through your religious teachers, any religiosity that's in us, because we all are breaking out of it, that's pre-programming, 
on what the on a, um, a uh, what do you call it a finality of something we've believed. We're going to judge what I'm saying, or we're going to paint a picture in our minds of what we think. So the receiver of the words pictures and assigns his own ideas. This means that language, which is what the act of transmitting pictures, is a broken telephone method. A situation where the picture received is always different from the one sent. Always different, because none of us are identically lived the same life, had the same teachers, and walked through the same uh, belief systems. So, this suggests the more exact, the narrower the definition of the agreed-upon meaning of the words, the less distorted is the communication. Now, what I want to say is this. Do you understand that the Bible is pictures? Every one of us sees pictures, and then we communicate with words to transmit the picture to you. Yeah. And then you paint a picture in your head of what you just heard me say which is what I'm talking about, which is yeah. based on your own perception. Yeah. I'm talking about revelation now, the way God brings things. Like we could even take it just a simple understanding of it, like um, that's a really nice, uh, I like a red car, and you're seeing a 1978 Camaro, and right. I'm seeing a Lamborghini because we come from different time exactly. periods and things like that. Yes. Yeah. Or, or here's an example, a simple one. Uh, what's a patient person? Mm, that was so good. We each uh, have a different definition of it. In Hebrew, the word for patient is savlon, which means a sufferer. Yeah. No more, no less. It means a sufferer in English as well. But we don't notice. We don't say when a doctor, a doctor's patient is actually the doctor's sufferer. Yeah. Now, we understand it, but we don't think that way. No, and so we think patience is, is having time for people, but it's actually suffering on their behalf. Yeah. 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 So... When you start to see this, you recognize, okay, wait a minute, what do I do at night? I dream. What is that? It's pictures. You're receiving language. It's language coming from your soul or coming from the Lord. Yeah, and processing. When, and when it comes to you, it doesn't mean you're going to understand it at first. This is the problem. Dare I say this? <gasps> this is the problem with the prophetic movement. Because just because you get a picture from the Lord does not mean that you should be interpreting it. Yeah. Because if you interpret it through your own understanding yeah. or perception, you could be so far into the woods in carnality that it's not what God said. It's a broken telephone. Well, and we experienced that when I was an intern. I had this like dream where I was on this big stage and this big name guy he goes to hand me the mic and I go to grab it and he takes it away from right. me and continues to speak and I came to you all like they're trying to take my voice and John's like no that guy's actually an image of a father and it's the father saying it's not time to speak yet it's just not time yet and I was just like oh well that makes sense yeah. <laughs> it was like, like it hit home like I had a quickening in my spirit and I was like oh 
Okay. And it, it's <laughs> not, it wasn't a bad thing at all. No, but it was a little correction, but in a loving way. Yeah. Where God was saying, hey, son, I it's, love it's you. Not time it's yet. just not, it's not what I'm looking for at this moment from you. Right. You know, like, just trust me, you know? So dreams? Yeah. Our language. Those were my favorite moments. <laughs> mm-hmm. Dreams are language. Um, the, uh, what do you call it? Shoot. Um, mm-hmm. God, I'm, I'm missing that thought. I'll come back to me. Basically, the picture language through dreams, through the prophetic through different ways and mediums of speaking yeah is even Jesus himself what did he do he spoke in pictures he spoke parables he told earthly stories that we could understand God's a vine dresser a farmer he has a vineyard he tells natural stories what carnal stories with heavenly meanings and how do you get those meanings you've got to wait on the lord for them because they come from the spirit not your own mind and that's what happened to peter when jesus said it was not man who revealed this to you that's right but my spirit or god's spirit yes yeah so so i said to the lord i i've said this before i for years god gave me dreams and i said to him god if you're going to speak to me in dreams and i knew he was i said you're going to have to teach me russian because it's Russian to me, I don't get it at all. all. Right? And you'll see that in the Old Testament when the prophets go, the, 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 the Lord would say, look, what do you see? And he'd tell them, and they go, like, I don't know, I don't get it. You well, know, I see uh, a couple of olive trees, I see lanterns, I see... Look at the book of Revelations. Can we just jump there for one second? Just just one second. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> the, 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 the creature with all the eyes. Come on. All over its body. Do we really think that's a being? Or do you understand that it means you're all-knowing? There have been people that had death experiences, and when they're in the Spirit, guess what? They can see in all directions at once. They can see backwards, standing still. They can see back there, see back there, because they know. They're fully aware. Oh, that means I can see everywhere at once. Then there's the guy that comes back, before he comes back into his body, he goes, it was the weirdest thing. I knew everybody that ever lived, that did live, are living, and yet to live. And I knew what they were th- what they were going to do. Why? It's the mind of Christ. It's the mind of Christ. It, yeah. He was experiencing this. He may not know what it was, but that's what that stuff is. Let's talk about the being, the cherubs around the throne with four faces. Do we think some dude looked pretty funny walking around with four faces? One of a man, one of an eagle. One of uh, a lion and a bear, and one—it's a ram, I think. A ram or, or uh, uh, an ox, like oh, an ox. Oh, an ox! I don't know why I thought bear. That's in uh, Daniel with <laughs> we we call that Russia, right? Oh, sorry. So here you, you have this fail. being. It's like <laughs> what we need to do is go. What does this what mean? What are you saying, Father? Come on. So we want to seek the Father. It says, "It's Whoa. the glory of God to conceal a matter." Well, I'm sorry, he concealed it in the scriptures. And if you're up there painting pictures of weird creatures and saying, this is going to happen and that's going to happen, have you, do you, anybody know what the word silly means? Okay, sorry. Sorry. The worst part is there's millions of people following this stuff. Okay, but it says God hid it. Yes. Okay, so if it's written in plain sight right there. And it's hidden. And it's hidden. 
It ain't, it ain't what you think it is. So then it says it's the glory of kings yeah. to search a matter out. So God wants to reveal it. But first, what do I got to become? I got to become a king. And what's a king? It's someone that has taken charge of his own land. This is my land. And once I understand that, and I'm able to walk in that place and mature as a son. And rule over it from the place of a spirit. That's right. That's, that's right. To come back to spirit. Is Paul talking about it? We will understand this. So isn't that powerful? When you, were, when you were sharing about that, I actually saw in Scripture where we can mm -hmm. see carnality's reaction yeah. to the language of God. So Joseph tells his brothers the story, mm -hmm. and they hear he's going to take from me. I'm going to have to pay him. Yeah, I'm going to lay my stuff. I'm going to bow him. down to the and, kid. And carnality and its fear kills the kid. Yeah. But God in the spirit realm was saying, I'm going to provide for you through him. Yeah. The message was never. It they was didn't, one of provision and love. Exactly. And they couldn't interpret because of their fear of and, lack. And, and why did they have that? Because of the code, those father's love for the son. There you go. Because they already had a an issue with him. Thing, yeah. Because, man, doesn't. It's Mom a nice and dad kind of loved <laughs> Joseph more than us. And yet, you know? And that's why we see um, we see mm. so many people who are almost happy mm. when when it seems like things are stripped away from others. Like, oh, mm. well, you know it had to happen, brother. Yes. That's like, well, I'd rather believe the best for them. Like, I, I have been so blessed to have been able to speak life into some of my friends' lives right and now see fruit that was unimaginable in their life financially through business and i'm sitting there going like i can't even believe this is happening and i'm not jealous and i'm not right. angry but i'm actually truly celebrating because i'm seeing the life of god in them through an area well, of life i don't understand can you imagine if we could get to the place where Woo. what jesus said is Come on. Love your enemy. Yeah. And that's the... Th oh, now, why Why would he say that? Because we're all sons of God. If Jesus' language, even his life, mm. they come to take him to the cross. They say, where's Jesus of Nazareth? He says, I am here. I am. Yeah. And they go flying head over foot. A that should have been enough right there to go home for lunch. Right? <laughs> I ain't touching that dude seriously. Like, and, and you got to remember, like, go look at the story. It says that he went and got the Roman guard, and they sent Jew. Like, there was mm -hmm. a whole bunch of people who went. They mm -hmm. they they estimate maybe even around a hundred men all got thrown to the ground by one word, like right. by one statement that came out of Jesus's mouth. Yeah. So if you think about that, in the natural, Peter wasn't really acting out of place. Jesus just threw all these guys to the ground, so he pulls his sword out and takes a swing. Yeah. Except Jesus acts completely out of love because Jesus knew, I'm going to let you take me. I just needed to show you that it wasn't going to be by your strength. Hmm. And Peter's operating out of carnality, saying, I'm going to protect him. So, right? so carnality operates out of right and wrong tree, the knowledge yeah, of good and evil, and operates out of fear. Yeah. And we're to operate from the tree of life. And so once we understand we fell, mm. all have fell and fallen short of the glory, which is the heavenly spirit world. Yes. So then what happens is we ha are now fighting with one another at that tree. 
when the reality is we are all sons of God. When we all wake up and be restored, the restoration of all things, we come back into our rightful place. So we're only fighting in the dark because we're all blind and swinging a bat, yeah, trying to figure it all out. So this picture thing is amazing. It just is amazing. If you want to be a Berean, you see, you're going to search for truth. And when the truth begins to open up, you'll begin to understand, wait a minute, I've made conclusions. I didn't even understand. And so then you begin to be teachable as a child, and the Holy Spirit who came to lead you into all truth is able then to make you pliable enough to understand that things are not quite the way you think they are, and he carries you up the ladder. Where Paul says, I have thrown away that which you are trying to attain, he's not bragging about his greatness. No. He's warning them, saying, you think through the respect of man and the knowledge over someone else you gain power. I counted it as dung. He realized that everything he knew was actually causing him to push against God. It was antichrist. Anything that's not born of the Spirit is antichrist, no matter how religious it looks, how good good it it is. It's wrong, because it's not spirit. That's why you can have two people doing the exact same thing, Mm -hmm. and one being complete rebellion, and one being complete love. You could have two food banks. One guy's doing it because he didn't have food when he was young, and he's going to make sure everybody has food. Yes. And he's got a Superman complex, and he's running out there trying to take the place of God. And then there's another man who the Lord says, feed my sheep, and he just goes out and feeds people because he heard the voice of God. Right. And, and, and you'll never know from the outside. In fact, the one who's driven might seem to be better at it. Yeah. But it might not even be what he's supposed to do because God doesn't need us to fulfill needs. He's God. He right. takes care of people. It says if, the bird, if he feeds the birds, how much more? And also, do you realize when he said, feed my sheep? It's what he, we're yes. doing here. Yeah, I just meant Peter, like... I know, because Peter yeah. did what? That's what he was supposed to do. I, I meant like uh, I know, he I heard know, from I God know. to feed people. I know, he took care but, of it. <laughs> yes, feed my sheep was not about food. No. It was completely about yeah. revelation. Feed the hungry, feed the hungry. Those that are actually hungry for light, truth. So, one-third of our being fell. That's wild. Which is your soul, which is your mind, will, and emotions, right? Your soul is made up of your mind, your will, and your emotions. You are a body, a soul, and a spirit. Your soul fell from heaven Mm. to the earth to carnality. There was a war in heaven. Hmm. One-third fell. Hmm. Okay? Mm. Think about it. I know, it's if, so wild. If there was a war the way we think it was, God is om- not omniscient. You've just shot the Scripture down. So you're going to have to find a better way to work that. God is omniscient, all-powerful, and he's all-knowing. So why would he create somebody to start a war with him? No, something we're missing in the picture. That's all I'm saying. There's something we're missing in the picture. So what happened when we fell? In our souls, mm. what would it what would it um, profit a man? Jesus said, "If he gained the whole world and lost his own soul, 
So God came to save what? Your soul. Come on. Because our soul has twisted imagery. It happened through our ego. And the Lord is the light, the revelation, and the truth mm -hmm. that's drawing us out of twisted imagery of him and ourselves by the Holy Spirit of truth. So the Holy Spirit is bringing us out of twisted imagery back to the truth. The mind of man and tradition keep us bound to carnality and twisted truth. The pride, remember, comes before a fall. <laughs> but the Lord lifts up the humble. What is the humble? Those that are childlike and teachable. Come if on. we're not teachable, what are we? We're filled with pride. Yeah. Everything I know is up for grabs because... I realize the Holy Spirit is my teacher, and him I can trust more than myself, more than any man, more than any theology. I trust God, the Creator, his Spirit, to lead me into all truth. If I don't believe that, yeah. then I, I should just scrap the whole thing, because it's based on this. It's based on, do you trust God? Yeah. They would say, yeah, but brother, you are not smart enough to trust God. Come on. It's any child can trust God, mm -hmm. right? It was only the Pharisees that felt like that. So you got to ask yourself, what are we operating out of? Come on. A child or a Pharisaical spirit? Yeah. Ephesians 1.17 says, I pray that the Father of glory, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, would impart to you the riches of the Spirit, of wisdom and the spirit of revelation that's light to know him through what your deepening deepening mm -hmm. that's a continual see intimacy yeah. with him so this whole thing of knowing him come on through intimacy is the very foundation of our deepening relationship with truth and the unveiling without it you can work all day for the Lord. You can have raise the dead <laughs> and stay in a diaper. You can raise the dead and stay as a Pharisee. It's, it's up to us. What do we want? What do we want? Do we want to know the Father? I, for me, it kind of came about through the car accident and everything that I got to the place where I was like, I'm not going to wait until I'm dead to know him. Mm. Which one is he? Oh, he's the guy shining like the light bulb. Yeah, that's the dude. No, I want to <laughs> know him intimately. And I want, I'm not being facetious. No, no, I'm just saying just that's how picture. crazy it is. Yeah, yeah. I want to know Jesus as a friend. I want to know Jesus as a beloved lover, you know, yeah. that intimacy so that me and him can talk and enter the place that he made for you yes when you were talking to him about the 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 part of us that fell and all that yeah i actually was seeing like a picture in my head of just how many times god lays this out for us but we don't see it because it's in it's in a mystery it's, it's a in mystery. a hidden place mm -hmm. even the temple yeah even the temple eventually represented mankind yes because at one point there was the temple and there was no ark in the holy of holies right there was no spirit in the body the spirit was dormant they had lost their way yeah 
And so it's like, even Moses says, like, I'm looking for the temple the Lord built. It was built without human hand. Yeah. And it's like, okay, That's you so, and me. Exactly. And so, like, I, 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 was, I even opened Photoshop to do that. I was like, oh, I'm not going to do it. Just because, like, in my head I see things. Yeah. It's always like I was seeing, like, Father, Son, Spirit. Yeah. The temple, outer court, inner court, holy place. Yeah. There's us, you know, the spirit, body, soul, soul body. Spirit. Yeah, like hope, faith, love. There's yes. so many of these. That's these, where I broke all that down because they all mean yeah, the we, same thing. Yeah, and they're all pointing towards the place that has been made for us to dwell. It's the journey, and it's if, if you want the template, it's Romans 6, Romans 7, and Romans 8. Yeah. 8 is spirit. For sure, yeah. Seven is the soul realm where you got to go through your carnal mind and let go, right, until you get to Romans 8. Romans 6 is salvation, where you're in the outer court, the outer understanding, without any spirit truth at all, without the Holy Spirit. So what do you need to get to the door, to the gate? You need faith. Mm. Once you go through the door, Jesus Christ... Now, I need hope. Hope by the Holy Spirit, supernaturally, to take me on the journey. To who I am. To the Father. Come on. Because the Father is the Father of spirits. He is life. Faith, hope, and what? Love. Love. Agape, love is Abba. It's that. So to get there, right, I got to go from Romans 6 to Romans 8. But I was always taught, really, Romans 6 grab a seat. I didn't even know there was a door into the house. So I'm sitting at the door for 30 years saying, there's a plane coming. It's called the rapture. We're going to leave. Really? And we're going to heaven. Oh, goody. So what did I do? I worked my ass off to be a good boy, to make God happy. Then he said, hey, there's way more here, man. Come outside the gate. Come outside the gate. Why don't you come in the house, since I'm the door, and it was rent, come through and begin to come into the house, for in my Father's house. Come on. Right? Well, and that's why I love those those encounters of the Old Testament when they wake up to the fact that God wasn't coming from somewhere. No. He was here. He's here. That's the most powerful line in Jacob's Ladder for me, mm. um, just yes. at this stage of my life right yeah, now. No, it it's God is in this place, but yet I, I did, did not, not know it. That's pre-cross. That's pre-all our beliefs. But the Jesus came and said, the kingdom of God is at hand. It is here, and you don't even see it. So, and he hadn't died yet. So here's the thing. Did any of us ever leave heaven? Mm. We just haven't seen. We're in a fallen state. The blind. Living out of blindness. That's wild. Uh-oh. That's why, Uh-oh. where can you tell us? I was going to say this later. 5130, can, mind blown. <laughs> can you, he says, tell us the uh, the end. Jesus goes, hey, have you been to the beginning? Wow. For if you were where at the we start, you know the end. That's right. You start where you left Ooh. off. Man, that's why even mm. the prodigal son story for me had a transformation because the father asked me a very simple question. He said, where is my house? Yeah. And I went, what? He goes, Corey, in the beginning of the story, both sons are in the house. 
the son had to leave the house. Yeah. And I was like, this doesn't make any sense anymore. Because if this is, you know, like if this is what I've been taught, then, you know, he just left church. But no, the house was in heaven. And the father gave him his inheritance, which was what? Life. Yes. So he came to earth and he squandered his inheritance. Which is life of all God, of us. Carnality, yep. And then woke up and he said, even the servants in my father's house are treated better than this. And realized that there was a higher way of living yeah. far beyond carnality and went to serve it because he no longer felt like he could earn it. And that's when the father gave it back to him. Yeah. So we always think prodigals are backslidden Christians. No. Everybody on the planet are the prodigals. Yeah. Only the religious ones that came back in that now got a religious spirit. Are the older brother? Well, and it's and really that that person is there to offend us so that we don't become prideful, thinking we know. Yeah, that like God's trying to protect us with the older brother part of the story, you know. And like I I remember the one time, yeah. The Holy so we Spirit, don't become that. Yeah, yeah. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me the one time and said, "But I love the third brother the most." Yeah, and I went, "What?" <laughs> he said, "Jesus, he never left. He's the one telling the story." Yeah, he was yeah. in heaven and on earth at the same time. Yeah. Go ask Nicodemus. Somebody, somebody, <laughs> that's the scripture I'm just going to no read way. right now. Yes. No way. John that's 3, nuts. 13 in the Jubilee Do Bible. Do it up. Translation. No one has ascended up to heaven, but that, that, but he that came down, even the Son of Man, who is in the heaven. So Jesus is standing before Nicodemus, and he is seeing. His eyes are open. He can see heaven, and he can see earth both at the same time simultaneously. So what does it mean to be at the top of the ladder, all seeing? It's it's you in heaven. Yeah. We are heaven. Come on. Right? God dwells in us. Uh, right here, right now. Yeah. <laughs> right? So I love Romans eight twenty nine. For those whom he foreknew. Oh, those he knew before. Yes. He predestined them, what? To be conformed to the image of his son. Why? Because they'd fell, twisted imagery. So that he would be the firstborn among many brethren. Jesus, the firstborn of many, being what? Brought back, conformed to the image of his son. In the image of somebody is... Uh, a, something like a definition in the same form or shape as someone. So the same form as Jesus. The same form Ooh. as Jesus. He came to reveal you and me Come is on. what he did. Jeremiah 1.5, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, Jeremiah. Before you were born, I dedicated you, a prophet to the nations, and I appointed you. So... Jeremiah was sent to be a prophet, but he had to wake up like you and I and walk in the scroll of who he was. Ephesians 1 4, the mere translation. Come on. Is the one you one that you like. This association, <laughs> an association to be associated with something, goes back to what? Before the fall of the world. Come on. His love knew that he would present us again. Again, it's the second time. Oh. Face to face, before him, identified what? In Christ, in blameless innocence. 
I love that. So I'm being presented again, identified in what? In Christ, the one new man, right? But this association that he's talking about, it already is. Before the foundation of the world, it says, before the fall, Hmm. his love knew. He'd present us again, face to face, identified in Christ, blameless innocence. Identified means to recognize or establish as being a particular person or thing, verify the identity of. So who are we? Wow. You see? Yeah, it's getting a little little shaken. Yeah. (laughs) The end is the beginning. Time is circular, not linear, like the Greeks tell us. Beginning, Mm. end. No, circular. Alpha, omega, alpha, omega. Right? It's um it's so powerful. I was just sitting <laughs> he's um woo, yeah. bigger than us. What are we waking up from and what are we waking up to? And if I'm waking up, I'm waking up. It's like you've had this bad dream. And in the dream, you thought you were this bad person or you were doing these things. Then you wake up and you go, Oh my gosh, I'm glad that was a nightmare. And you go about your life. Oh, how do I find that? <laughs> you just go about your life, right? Yeah. So, which is real? The dream? Mm. Or your life of who you are? That's okay, let true. me put it in another way. You are a son of a wealthy man that happens to be the king of a country. And you're in line to be king. So you're a prince. You have this bad dream one night. You're this homeless guy living on the street, trying to find a meal. And you're going around and, in fact, at one point, you actually beat a guy up to steal his Krispy Kreme donut. That sounds good. No. So do you see what I'm saying? Then you wake up and you look at what you're sleeping in and you realize breakfast is on the table downstairs because it was made for you. Come on. And you go, oh my gosh. Right? Is this not Ephesians 1-4? Come on. We're so asleep good. in the dark here. Huh. And we're doing all these things. We're going to wake up. That's called death. But you don't have to die. You could wake up here into the and just transfigure. Yes, into the fullness of who you really are. Yeah. Once you know dad. Romans 6, Romans 7, Romans 8. This is important. This is really important to humanity to understand these things. Well, it's a and challenge to leave that which leads to death. Right, because we've been under a death sentence. We've, we've literally been walking... The wide path unto death. Yes. And Thinking I Thinking we know what that means. I love what Justin Abraham says. He says, there's a reason that cemeteries were always around churches. Because we're entangled with death. We're worshiping death. Yeah, because we, we think death sets us free, but it's not. No, it's Christ. I was getting this while you were sharing. Yep. Is 1 John 4. Mm-hmm. 
15 those who give thanks that jesus is the son of god live in god and god lives in them we have come into an intimate experience with god's love and we trust in the love he has for us god is love those who live in god <laughs> live in love and are living in god mm. god lives through them this is where it gets good by living in god love has been brought to its full expression in us there you go for what so that we may fearlessly i love that mm -hmm. fearlessly face the day of judgment because all that jesus now is so, so are, are we, we in this world yes fearlessly yeah. lacking any fear why because love has been fully expressed within us and we know that we know that's like yeah <laughs> Father Ooh. is love, and everything here in our lives, ready, Holy tells smokes. us otherwise. It's a contradiction to the truth of who He is and is exposing what is in our hearts because we're the ones seeing it. Yeah. By manifesting around us, it's actually manifesting around us so that we will see what He's not and what we're not. Okay, let me say this again. <laughs> say it again. Father is love. <laughs> Father is love. Everything here in our lives that tells us otherwise is a contradiction to the truth of who he is, and it's exposing what is in our hearts by manifesting around us because he wants to set us free. So it's going to manifest around us, and we can either fight with it. It exposes lives, lies, sorry, or it blinds us from our union in him and mm -hmm. we become emotionally entangled to that we as a man thinks so he is yeah we need to let it lead us to the truth and if unless otherwise we'll become emotionally entangled in the lie through judgment of ourselves and others and that's what we do we judge each other instead of recognizing why do i think like that and then and then realize this is not who god is this is not who i am yeah. and begin to break these things away from us and they usually disappear then out of our lives because they've came there mm. to tap you on the shoulder as a contradiction it's so wild right we fell into a lower frequency as light is a higher frequency as so is love mm. it's a state of being that we know is called heaven what we're looking at, our life should be fixed on the light to unveil the ladder and awaken us, carrying us up to a higher frequency called light. Where we're, we are heaven is all around us. It becomes all around us for those who have eyes to see. What does it always say? For those that have ears to hear, hear what the Spirit is saying. For those that have eyes to see, right? It's... It, and Jesus said, uh, he, he quoted an, a prophecy through Isaiah where he said, uh, listening, but they do not hear. Come on. Looking, but they do not see. It's not perceiving what's really going on. Well, it's funny to me that we cling so tightly to things <coughs> that we can understand with our mind. Mm -hmm. Like uh, we grab a scripture every time there's a problem or something. Yeah. When it wasn't even that which Christ promised. 
but he promised to send you the Holy Spirit who would lead you into all truth. And he's the comforter. And so, like, even um, in this season, the Lord showed me, like, stop believing for provision because you know me as provider. Yes. So rest. Rest. Know. Know who I am. Mm-hmm. Not that I, that I don't need faith, but that my faith would be full. That my faith would come to the full fruit of faith, which is trust. Complete surrender. Here, here's a question. Do you need faith once you see? No, because it comes to the fullness, which is knowing. That's right. Faith leads somewhere. Yes. It's the evidence of something, but when you have the something of things you're unseen. Yes. But once you sure. see, faith isn't of any value anymore. You don't well, need it. And and yes. That's yes. the ultimate goal. I understand none of us are there yet. That statement, yes, that statement's very hard because immediately we're like, we don't need faith. Yeah, well, wait, you wait. But it's like we don't understand that what you're talking about Mm -hmm. is the fullness of love expressed within us where there's no doubt, there's no question. Like, there's still areas where I have to have faith to believe that God is who he says he is. But even even when— Because I haven't seen that part of it. That's right. But when God shows you something, and he does it over and over and over again, eventually he says, oh, I'm going to do this. We don't go into the the sweat box. We go, oh, yeah, thank you, Lord. No, for sure. And and I think, like I said, like there's a a fullness. There's like a fruit of faith, which is the knowing. Yes. And so, so you, we could call it a completion. Yeah, it's like you don't you don't hold on to the shell of the seed. You eat the plant. Yes. And you want the plant of intimacy, and <laughs> we'll go to Brooklyn. That's you want right. the plant of intimacy. Yeah. In order to know the father. Yeah, that's right, Mom. <laughs> so the let's talk about the perfect day for a moment. Oh, one sec, yeah. Shauna. Yeah. Shauna Christian. Yeah, but removing... it's Brian's wife. Hello. Removing the need to attain faith, but being a living manifestation of his faith in us yeah, and us in him. That's so good. It's the not the faith in God, but it's the faith of God. It's his faith. Come on. So you're going for a ride, <laughs> right? There we go. That's really good. Thank you. Thank you, Shauna. That's really good. <laughs> Galatians 4, the f- this fledgling consciousness is like a child in need of parental guidance. The scripture speaks of this in the book of Galatians. It says, what I'm saying is this, that as long as an heir is a child, he's no different from a slave. Although he owns the whole estate, the heir is subject to guardians and trustees until the time set by his father. So also when we are underage, We're in slavery until, or we're in slavery, sorry, under the elemental spiritual forces of the world. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. So there's a process. I think I talked about this last week as far as you... Your dad may have a Corvette, but he's not giving you the keys to it 
until you're old enough to drive it. Yeah. And you, it may be even in your, your inheritance that he's giving you that vet, and it's sitting in the garage for you. He still isn't giving you the keys. Yeah. And so there must be a growing up. And that's what I time, see yeah. going on in the West is I just see this whole thing of everybody's talking about the vet. Everybody's talking like they're driving the vet. But the fact of the matter is they don't even know where the keys are. We look around. Let's be honest. No, for sure. Right. And so how's this going to happen? We got to grow up. We got to let this what it said. It's like a fledgling consciousness our conscious awareness of God is is growing like a child in the darkness to the light I like what Michael Danforth says and, and think of this this is so good man behold I come as a thief in the night that scripture whose night oh my darkness who's the mm. thief Jesus what's he coming to steal from me you see a whole different way of perceiving this it's a metaphor he's a thief that gently robs us of our literalism while we transition into an intuitive the intuitive worlds that wait anxiously for our conscious habitation in fundamentalism through repetitive programming we're made to focus on fear and literalism is gonna drop you not unlike most fundamentalists we became more of an archetypical Pharisee loving rules and rituals rather than loving people yeah. my egocentric self needed to be right rather than righteous which is what right standing with God mm. I rejected symbolism because it messed with my dogma these are hard statements for Christians to swallow. I know it. It was for me, Michael says, and for me personally. Coming out was a harrowing process and spanned years of heartache and confusion. I was fighting for the return of my critical judgment as I waded through decades of piled high dogma. That's what's going on. We cling to it. And then God comes as a thief in our night to mm -hmm. rob that. Now, does that mean, I wanted to say this earlier and I didn't, does that mean I don't believe in literalism? No, it doesn't. Because remember the four levels of yeah. rabbinic uh, understanding of Scripture? Yeah. The first is called the simple or the literal. So there is literal, but it goes deeper. I can't stay in the, in in the first... And the literal is real, but built or, or couched on top of it is a greater revelation, which is the pictures, the allegorical stuff. Yeah. And then um, the, eventually the math. But or like, the hint, the allegorical, then the math. Even they don't believe what they say they believe. And I can prove Who's, it. What are you talking about? Who? The church. Are people who are in bondage. I'm just talking a system. I'm not talking no, no, people. For sure. I, I'm just saying a like, religious system. Even our spirit will speak within us, right? So the, yeah. there's a guy speaking one time, and he talks about, you know, we were all born into sin because of our disobedience. Yeah, yeah. We're all sinful, right? Well, the same guy yeah. had a baby. So about an hour, all right. 40 minutes later, he's sharing in his message, and he says, you know, uh, I was overcome when I looked at the innocence of my newborn baby. Right. 
And I'm like, well, wait a minute. That's not an innocent baby, according to what you said an hour ago. But nobody's doing the math on that. And they don't even believe it because when they look at the child, they're experiencing what God sees when he looks at them. So with the heart, so with the heart, they're moved on their own child. Yeah, and they say but he's with innocent. The, but with the mind... They're brought into legalism. That's it. Yeah. And so that child is sin... Like, like I, I've watched people my whole life... You know, I've done it! I was the 11-year-old wanting to kill himself because I thought I had failed God. Right. Yeah. I know it's... Because the system had so much condemnation... Mm-hmm. By the time I was 13, I thought there was no hope for me at all. Right. I would just serve God the rest of my life and go to hell. Yeah, you'd screwed up to one too many times there, right? Uh, beyond. So what, I didn't even ask for forgiveness so anymore. It, I just asked him to lift it when I would minister. So your belief system was the way scales. If my good outweighs my bad, I'm in. If my bad outweighs my uh, my good, I'm screwed. Well, right? I, ju- I just I couldn't stop myself from continuing the cycles. And so I figured I'm just evil. See, and I believed that um, before, and I wasn't following Christ at all. But that's what I had when I died in the car accident, that very belief system. Yeah. But it was a lie. So a lot of people in the world, they believe that one. That's not common just to you or me. A lot of people have that belief system. Why? Guess where it's rooted? The tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Come on. So Galatians 4.19 says, My children, Paul says, uh, with whom I'm in labor until Christ is formed in you. Christ is who we really are. Jesus was the Christ, and he's, it's one body, many, many members. So Jesus is his first name. Christ is not his last name. Christ is the body. So he's trying, he's saying, I'm trying to form Christ in you, bring revelation that you will know who you really are, right? Bring you into the awareness that you're part of the body of, and he, of Jesus. He is the head. Yes. You might be a finger. And part of the body. But so, to be aware of it. Yeah, so we are the Christ. We were the Christ before we fell. Hmm. We'll be the Christ, Jesus being the head of the body, Jesus, because Jesus is God yeah. who came in the flesh. So there is a need for us all to experience restrictions until Christ is formed within. Mm. Like a pearl within an oyster, closed tightly until the time of harvesting. Although pearl is formed in one, the process is ongoing in another. That's why we're all in many places here. Yes. Right? Jesus told us of his Father, the Creator, that is not punitive, but loves us and desires us to be one consciously yes. with him. Our dogmatic palaces have no choice but to crumble under the weight of such love. The Bible presents three stages of our conscious evolution. To understand this, it's critical to see it is a mystery book, not a history book. Ooh, there we go. The Bible is a mystery book, not a history book. This was Michael Danforth saying this, and I can see that. Yeah. Well, even as you were just speaking, I thought about in Ephesians, where it says that we were inserted yes. in Christ. Why? Because it, we were in the Christ. Yes. We were there before the foundations of the world. Mm-hmm. Hence why we're here now. 
Because the end is the beginning, and the beginning is, yeah, it's a yes. circular thing. That which yes. is was. There's nothing new under the sun. That's right. That's wild. <laughs> so, I'm having a mind awakening right now. So, so now I want to talk about, um, oh, wow. for a moment, Ooh. in this, remember the picture thing. This is all unfolding some things. Um, we talk about a word called eternity as a length of time. Yes. Right? So eternity it, it, that that belief is a grievous mistranslation. The Hebrew and Greek words, the uniform translation of eon or aeonias, um, solves many inconsistencies in the scriptures. Jesus came to give us aeonious life. It's a quality of relationship with the Father through himself. It comes first as uh, a down payment or know it as, as this down payment of much more to come. So for the word aeonius, there are three in the scripture where it talks about this present age, age being eon, this yeah. present eon or aeonius, the age during, and the age to come. Three different ages. Now when I look at that, I think again, Romans 6, Romans 7, Romans 8, Son, yeah. Spirit, Father, I see these things. So I think on one hand, it's it's for individuals as they go through the experience, but I also think there's a greater understanding of it because our, our a corporate one in the world itself in history. Because if you look at Jesus, he actually manifested the next age or the age to come outside of time. Yeah, He brought it into time, but he was bringing it from outside of time itself. He spoke often of the age to come because he embodied it. Mm. He plopped down, smack dab in a religious society that was holding the hearts and minds of men captive through ritualized religion and fear. He came to set man free from such tyranny. Tyranny. The bomb dropped was consciousness clearly evolved past the environment, found itself within. It was, in fact, from another time, another age, even another dimension. Now, let's look at this for a moment. In Jesus' time when he came, did you know mm. that the, even the disciples were saying, can you tell us what the end is? So there were many preaching the end of the world. <laughs> yeah. They were right, but they were wrong. They were wrong. It wasn't the end of the world. It was the end of the eon, mm. which lasts about 2,100 years, 2,000 to 2,100 years. And it started with Abraham. Mm. Okay? It started yeah, with I'm, Abraham. I'm tracking. Um, Let me get my calculator. So before I tell you that there's a clock in the sky, let me let me tell you this. Paul was alive, and both Judaism and Christianity coexisted. Yes, there was. Um, Judaism was still thriving all around, and yet Paul was carrying the new covenant. We call it an Old Test, Old Covenant and New Covenant, but they coexisted together to 70 A.D. Yeah. And in 70 A.D., 
it was the end of the old covenant and legalism when the temple was destroyed by the Romans. Yeah. They even plowed it under so you couldn't even tell where it was. That was to tell us that was the end of an age. Even it means that they removed every last stone. Yes. So now, let's go back. What was in the thicket? The ram. The ram. Okay. <clears throat> then, when Jesus comes, what is it? It's the fish. I will make you fishers of men. It's a new age. We'll call it the next age for all those people that are getting freaked out right now because I use the word new. It's the next age. So what happens is now we have a whole new age, another two over 2,000 years coming, called this present age, or what I call the age during where we go through Romans 7, carnality and spirituality. and Are being worked out. Okay. Now let's look. They thought it was the end. And for some of them it was who didn't go into the mountains like they were told to, right? They, got, they died in 70. Let's look at today. Christianity's been telling us it's the end of the world. It's in 1988, brother. Yeah. I read the books. I got told it was the end of the world 40 years after Israel becomes a nation in 1948. It's going to end. The end of the world. 1989. I'll give you 89 reasons why. That's because it didn't work in 88, so he had to write a new book. Made more money. Yeah. Right? <laughs> then in the year 2000, in my own church, man, it's over, man. The computers are all going to crash. We're going to prehistoric age. It's the end of the world. This is a sign. No, this isn't a sign. Did it end? No. 2012. The it's the end of calendar. the world. The mind calendar. Okay? It was the end of the eon. A new age was coming. A new time was coming. What is that time called? It's the one Jesus talked about. The age to come. You know what's really wild? Um, when, when you said 70 A.D., uh, Andrew made a comment where he's like, "70 AD, get it, John? I don't, I don't get it, Andrew." But um, I, I just, I felt the Lord say, "Like, yep. find out who led that siege on Jerusalem, right?" And um, in yeah. 70 AD, it was Titus. Yes. The meaning of Titus, his name is pleasing. That which is pleasing. Mm -hmm. Do you know what they called him? No, the beast. That's wild. But I'm, I'm, the meaning of his name. Yeah. It was pleasing to God to end yes. that age. Yes. Because that age was an age of separation. The whole thing, it's still in the church. And 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 we're not attacking anyone. We love everyone, but there's this this idea that separation we're Jesus all, we're all Bereans here, aren't we? Jesus hated separation. Because that's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And that was that age. That was that covenant. It was a covenant of separation that you could not enter in because of your sin. And so is Christianity. And that's why even the, what we've known as the gospel yes. is, is really being transformed. Like the Lord spoke to me and said, Corey, do you know what being saved really is about? And I said, no, not, not too much, you know? Mm. <laughs> and um, he had to show me that 
my whole life I thought it was about escaping something. Yes. When it was actually about awakening to someone. Yes. It's about knowing the Father. Exactly. I Jesus so what, came what, that I would know the Father. So what the did fruit cr- of that? What did Christianity teach us? It teaches us God is in heaven, far, far away. Yes. Even when you prayed, you prayed hoping that He might come because you're in dire straits and help you out. Now we sing really good songs, right? Especially if you sing good songs, yeah. right? Come, Lord I know. Jesus Christ. So He's <laughs> the, again the, the yeah. sky God that we created, right? Yeah, that far away. Wasn't the Ooh. Father. So here, here you have this thing, and it's separation. And what was it that the devil taught us in the garden? Mm-hmm. Separation. Yes. That you be separated. So we think we're separated from God, and what's the Reformation happening now? The Reformation is awakening us to the fact of Christ in me. So it's teaching me, where's the kingdom? The kingdom's within. Where's the king? The king's within. It's in the spirit realm. Mm. Where's the spirit realm? It's in me. I'm a spirit. My spirit's one spirit with the Father. Therefore, I'm one with the Father. The Father's in me, and I'm in the Father. We are one, just like Jesus said. So when am I going to learn to remove separation, which are lies? They're, they're the very lie that, that separated us at the beginning. And so we're trying to wake up to truth so that we can walk in union. Union is, and we'll get there, is like marriage. Paul said the mystery. It's a mystery. Come on. So I'm going to show that part of it. So here's the whole thing. We are at a time right now. Yes. It could be in 50 years. I don't know when it is, but I know it's begun. We're in the birth pains of it because we've been, everybody's been, prophesying it's the end of the world when it's never said that it's the end of the age so what age is coming a new age is coming the age of the uh the age to come is coming which is the one christ embodied come on right which is awakening now my hope is that something as powerful as 70 a.d isn't coming to our legalistic pharisaical religious system that we have built in the yeah. Western world. I have no idea what the Father is going to do to change this, but I'll tell you this, something powerful is coming. When? I do not know, but surely he is going to have his bride. No yeah. matter what, he will pull her from a religious mind. I, I've had three dreams over a period of years. It started in the 80s and in the 90s, where God revealed to me who was controlling yeah. the, the bride and what he wanted to do. How I fit to that, I have no idea, other than to say this. God is good, and the gospel is good news. Come Not on. just for the Christians, for the whole of humanity, because he died for the whole of humanity, because we are the family of God, right? Even what took place in 70 AD was good. It was at the because goal it was removed, great. It removed something. Yeah. And 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 when like I've I've lost some things and had things removed. And like when you get glass in your foot mm. or metal or something, you know what the worst is actually mm. a piece of hair. Have you ever had that? Oh yes. Ingrown hair. No, no, no. Like I had like I had a haircut one time. Yeah. I'd stepped on the the floor and a single piece of hair went into my foot. 
Wow. Hurt more than anything I'd really? ever felt before. I That's a new one. I don't think I've ever tried that one. Ask hairdressers. Mm. It happens They to probably them. do, yes. And so, like, this little tiny hair was causing me so much pain. When it mm. was removed, I was like, thank you, God. Yeah. Right? And so I believe what you're saying is so true. And I think that what's happening is the good messenger is here. The Spirit of the Lord is saying, wake yes. up, my children, I love yes. you. Come into my presence. Uh, follow my voice. Why? Because there's coming a day where the things that we took for granted might not be the same that they always are. Right. Things are changing, and that's okay. I'm not against the change because at the end of the day, I'm just a mortal being in love with— like, Is I, God I, on the throne, or isn't he? Yeah, like I'm, I'm, not, I'm not weighing out my, my things by my level of comfort. No. What I'm doing is trusting in the Lord and walking with him. Paul, they came to him. Should we kill Nero? Love the Romans. Yeah. While they're lighting people on fire in the streets as candles. No well, no, no bone in him to fight back. Why? Because he knew you can't fix this by killing people. Right. You, you can't operate in the same spirit. Yeah. So let me qualify again. This has nothing to do with people. No. Nothing to do with denominations, nothing to do with any particular group. This has to do with the mind of man and the, the mind of Christ. We are to have the mind of Christ, not a carnal mind. And anything that operates out of fear, we need to get rid of. Anything that works mm. out of a judgment, That's we good. need to get rid of. We need to come to a place and realize there's a high calling in Christ, into the place of walking in the Spirit, Romans 8, and loving unconditionally like our Father. If I want to be like Christ, hello, then I better be like Christ, which means I can't do this, but I must be formed into it, which is what Paul was talking about. And that's what, what's happening. Again, Proverbs four eighteen to 19 says, The lovers of God walk on the highway of light, that's that revelation, and what is it? The life of Christ the, is the light. And their way shines brighter and brighter until they bring forth what? The perfect day. Well, mm. that perfect day for me will be different than it was for Enoch. Yeah. It's the fullness. The wicked walk in thick darkness, like those who travel in fog and yet don't have a clue why they keep stumbling. The day of the Lord is calling us like a trumpet, Come up here and see, for I wish that none perish. All change their mind, metanoia, to the mind of Christ and enter the fullness of the day. The fullness of the day. The day of the Lord for me is when I get to the top of this ladder that he's got me going up or the mountain. Maybe I should always use mountain for people. I don't know. <laughs> I, think I love good. Jacob's ladder. That's why. That's what yeah. he revealed to me. So that's why I, I relate to that one. And John 151, Jesus confirming it, right? So now I want to kind of, I got a little bit left, but to end yeah. in this era zone, let's look at the Song of Solomon, chapter 1, verses 2 to 4, which is really an unveiling of what God is doing in us. Let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth. What does that mean? That's intimacy. Let Christ 
bring me into the kiss, that place of intimacy, for your love is better than wine. Well, there's the new wine of the Holy Spirit, and I love it. But you know what? What is love like? This love he's talking about, this love that Solomon is unveiling to us here, this love is better than wine. In fact, the mystics, they called it ecstasy. You think being drunk in, in the new wine is good? It was the appetizer, man. It's to draw you somewhere. That's beautiful. I love it. You know that. But it says it's better than the fragrance of your perfumes. Your name is a flowing perfume. Therefore, the young women, they love you. That is the presence, I believe, of yad heh vav Abadadi. His name is yad heh vav And it's calling us. It's calling us to life. It's calling us to Romans 8. It's calling us into the place of this unbelievable agape love of God that exists right now. In fact, in 1978, I experienced it as liquid love. I experienced it as this unbelievable place in me, through me, all around me. I experienced it like a baby at its mother's breast. I experienced this unbelievable place of ecstasy. But I didn't know yet what this was. And it's driven me my whole life since I was 19. He says, draw me after you. Then let us run. Intimacy must come before ministry with him. I shouldn't run without the kiss. Because it's the kiss and that place of intimacy that gives me him, which he is the thing that they need to taste. Me going and doing things, even with gifts, and I've done it, it still can only ever bring people to what I believe, not to ecstasy. It says, now this gets good. The king has brought me to his bedchamber. Wow. Life must come out of the marriage bed consummation. You're waiting for a wedding in heaven? Sorry. You're never going to bring life without consummating the marriage. You see, Paul said there's this great mystery. The mystery of a husband and a wife and two becoming one flesh is a picture of Christ in his church. You see, the physical, carnal picture is only a picture of a higher, much greater revelation, a heavenly. And so what's he saying? He's saying, the king wants to bring me into his marriage, the bedchamber. Again, this is just a physical picture, man. A husband and a wife, they're going into the bedchamber. They got married today. When did you get married? It was called Calvary, man. 
I got married at Calvary. That's so good. And so then he gave me the first down payment, the dowry called the Holy Spirit, man. Then the Spirit of Truth says, John, I want to take you into the bedroom with the Lord. I want you too to make love. That means to consummate the marriage. Again, don't get caught in the language. The language is a picture of a greater truth. Your heart and the heart of the Father will become one. And when his beats, yours will beat. And you will feel the ecstasy of love. And then you're now able to go forth and bring life instead of death wherever you go. Why? Because the marriage is consummated. When my wife and I consummated the marriage, we had a child. That's what it's saying. To become one flesh and give birth to another. So if if I want to bring life uh, to those that are dead, I must first enter the bedchamber. We want to run. I know I did it. I got saved. I didn't go to the bedroom. I ran out to lead everybody I could to Christ. Why? Because I was so thankful for what God did for me. He did such great thing in saving me and bringing me from a pit that I was thankful and wanted to do this, but I didn't know that I needed to come to the bedchamber. John, what are you going to do? You really think we can have children? Again, a picture. Yeah. We need to consummate this, which is intimacy. Kiss me with the kisses of his mouth, lest, you remember Psalm 2? Lest I spiritually die, I'm separated from this thing called life. So he's saying, come there, life comes from here. Let us exalt and rejoice in you. Let us celebrate your love. It is beyond wine. Now he's saying it's beyond wine. Rightly do they love you. I don't want to settle for the wine. I want the love of God shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Ghost. I want to come into that place where when you've seen me, you've seen the Father because I'm so filled with agape love that it flowed out from me. Now I'm going to tell you a story. I wasn't going to tell this one, but it's coming into my mind of a, of a, of a change of mind concerning somebody. This is my perception has nothing to do with the person because I don't know them personally So and it's called mother Teresa. I don't know but there was a time in my life where I watched her and she was uh, With the people that were dying and the people that were dying were Muslims and she wasn't telling them about Jesus She wasn't leading them to Christ. She wasn't getting them to say the prayer But she was loving them and loving them and loving them and they were passing through and I looked at it and I said Oh my gosh, what is she doing? She needs to tell them to say the prayer now today I changed my complete picture of her here. She was she was loving them unconditionally and the father tell me that the father didn't move through that I wasn't there seeing in the tent what they were looking at when they looked into her face and they seen love loving them which they didn't know in their religion all of a sudden I'm going this woman was not what I thought but she was a woman that was walking in a place I did not know that is what this song of Solomon's telling us that we need to understand this is a work of God I'm not looking for brownie points pardon the pun I'm looking to kiss the Sun that's, that's 
to be one fully aware, consciously, and united in this agape love with Abba, it's not a religion. It's not a duty. It's not works. It's definitely not fear, and it's not control, but what the mystics called ecstasy, the greatest love of all, and it's for all, called God's glory, calling us home from where we all came from. All of us came from there. How dare I stand in a place of judgment when they're blind, as I was blind. And if, if, if I've done one sin, I'm guilty of them all. Remember that. Therefore, I'm a murderer. I'm a rapist. Do you see? If I've sinned, I've fallen. I'm in darkness. I cannot judge, but I have to love my brother in order that he could awaken. And the only way I see at the moment, this is John, the only way I see is for me to come into union, is for me to become this place through the bridal chamber where I can be love manifested that's beyond wine. We've seen a move of the wine, and oh my gosh, it, it ruined me. It brought me back to where I started. <clears throat> but where I started wasn't just in the wine, but it was in the agape. And that's why I'm driven, because I do know there's something, but I didn't know what it was or how to get there. I'm starting to see, just starting to see. Mm. So in Romans 8, 24, it says, For in hope we are saved. Are you ready? You're going to love this. <laughs> hope that's seen is not hope. For what a man sees, he does not wait for. You see what we talked mm. about with faith. Come on. Here it is, Scripture. And where is it? Oh, it's in Romans 8. For what a man sees, he does not wait for anymore. Once I'm walking in the Spirit with the Father... I no longer need these things. They were to help me get there. Now I'm walking with him. I'm one with him. I'm about my father. Mm. You see? I'm in heaven on earth. Yeah. But what we wait for, that which we do not see. With patience, we wait for it. That's what we're doing now. And even patience is God. I don't have patience. It's God in me. Patience. Working its work in me to help me wait until the fulfillment of this thing because I couldn't figure this out on my own if I had a million years. This is God unveiling. Yeah, that, yeah, that was probably, yeah. So to be intoxicated in his great love mm. revealed in Christ, who is God, are you ready? On Golgotha, Aramaic, Skull means the skull. Also called Calvary. From Latin, Calva, that's where Calvary comes, from the Latin word Calva, means bald head or skull. It's because the glory was gone from our minds. Mm. The skull, it's the mind, which is to change your mind from the fallen one. This is called metanoia, what we call repentance, to the mind of the Spirit, which is the mind of Christ. So Come even on. the picture of his death on the cross <laughs> is about your mind. The cross overcoming the mind. It's That's good. right. 
Change your mind. Golgotha. Take a look, boys. You need the mind of Christ. And what is the mind of Christ? It's the mind of the Spirit. So our journey is to return us to becoming consciously aware in your mind to the beginning. Mm. Out of the twisted imagery of duality to union and oneness in Christ, where love is a state of being, the creation is groaning for since it fell. Even the creation has been subjected against its will, the cosmos against its will, waiting for the sons of God to release it from death and decay, because death and decay is the wages of sin. And what is sin? Separation from God. That's what a Jew says. It's separation. Anything that separates you from God is sin. What we call sins is the fruit of separation. And it's all between our ears. <laughs> right? Where are we right now? Oh, Where are we right now? We're in heaven, dude. Don't let the Greeks tell you. You got to take the starship. <laughs> Don't let the Greeks tell you. <laughs> yeah. Get out of the Greek. Because we can... Um, it's a it's a, a low state, like a frequency, like I said. And love's a high frequency. Yeah. I spoke about that before, right? Fear goes like this. Love, love goes like this. I'm still fried on the Mother Teresa thing. Oh. I'm sorry. <laughs> she blew it was my so mind. powerful. Well, when God opened my eyes to that, it was like all of a sudden my mind went from, she's a bad girl. She's not doing that stuff. I. Is it better to, to proclaim? Oh, my gosh. Is it better to proclaim? Or manifest. Or to be, that's right. That's deep. I think, therefore, I am. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you didn't want to. We'll chew on that one. All right. Mm. Oh, wow. (sighs) Mm. Any questions on there, comments? Not that I can see so far, but lots of people were getting touched. Good. And uh, it was great. Mm. So, yeah, God bless you guys. And we'll see you Friday. Yeah. Bless you. (laughs) Peace out.